Hello, and welcome to the Homeschooling and Loving It podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, your friend at homeschool.com and homeschool mom of six. Join us as we keep it real and chat about the ups and downs of this amazing adventure we call the homeschool life. So grab a cup of your warm favorite and a comfy chair and let's get started. And welcome. I'm Jamie, Homeschool Mom of Six and editor at homeschool.com. We've been interviewing experts in various areas of homeschooling and education in order to help us as parent teachers find inspiration and improve our understanding. You know, it's true that education really does start with ourselves. And as we learn and we grow, we become better parent teachers. And so that's what this series and these videos are for you and us, actually. So now before we get started, I'd like to introduce our guest. Uh, Her name is Rachel Carmen, and her and her husband have been the stewards of Apologia since 2008. Um, I know Rachel is a homeschool mom as well. And so Rachel, would you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Oh, sure. Thanks, Jamie, for having me on. I'm so honored to be a part of this. I I think it's so important that we come together and share what God has done in and through us, right? Because this is not about, you know, what I've gotten done. I'm just amazed at how God has used me. So yeah, we are in our 26th year of home education, my last semester. So we'll have our seventh graduate in May. This is a journey that I never thought I would take. Um, Before we started home educating, I made fun of people who home educated. It's a true story. Uh, It's true. And not behind their back. I said it to their face that it was the dumbest decision I'd ever heard. And so God has done such a work in my life, which is the undergirding of the passion that I have for this journey is just what God has shown me and how he's grown me and what he's taught me. I want that for other moms, right? And so I'm wrapping up my journey. Um, I've got three grandkids and another one on the way. Um, And so I'm, you know, working to pass that baton on, but not just in my family, but to other mothers. So again, thanks for having me on. Oh, it's actually our pleasure. Um, I, our family have been fans of the Apologia curriculum and it's many many different aspects for many years. We've used it with our children. So it's kind of, you know, I love finally getting to meet the people behind uh, all the stuff that we've used for so long. (laughs) It's a privilege for me. Um, But yeah, speaking to what you were saying, you know, there's so many new homeschool parents out there as well as, you know, those of us (laughs) that have been at it for a long time. I think all of us really at one point or another throughout our homeschool journeys need inspiration. We need motivation or maybe a fresh perspective. And, you know, so many times just listening to a chat or a talk on a topic like you're going to give to us today can just really give us that renewed vision that we need in our day-to-day life. And, you know, that's what our goal is today. I'm sure that's what your goal is, Rachel, as well. And so I know you have some thoughts on your heart, and I just want you to go ahead and and jump in and, and speak to us about those. Well, you know, I remember when I was a young homeschool mom and all of those feelings. I mean, even when I think about it, I I can hardly think back in the beginning, the first, I don't know, five years, 
just the weight of the world on your shoulders. I mean, you just feel like, oh my goodness, I'm no longer just responsible if they're clothed and fed, right? <laughs> Teach them. And oh my goodness, I'm, what was my education? Am I qualified for this? Everybody tells me I'm crazy. I just need to put them on the bus. Am I going to ruin them? All of these things going through your head, sitting down with them, trying to do the next lesson only to discover that they didn't get the last lesson, feeling like you're chasing behind all the time. And one of the things that I remember was we had here locally a monthly support group meeting where moms like me got together we also we all sort of shuffled in with our brownies, right? Because we were supposed to bring something to share, um, and we shuffled in, and we all looked just it, it was it was on the spectrum. We all looked amazing because we hadn't been able to dress up for anything, and so this was our right. excuse to brush our hair and comb our teeth. Um, and you heard that brush our hair and comb our teeth. You know? I mean, that's how that's, that's how we showed up, right? Or the other extreme was we literally looked like someone the cat drug in, you know, because we were just so spent and it didn't occur to us to brush our hair or brush our teeth. So we shuffled in and we would sit down and then I don't know who organized it, but then some mentor, some sage would stand up in front of us and pour into us. And it was the two hour meeting, Jamie. It was a lifeline for me. It was, it was it. I mean, I could go and step away from the realities of every day, the burden of the laundry and the meal planning and reading, writing and arithmetic. And I could go and just get rejuvenated in two hours flat. And I could turn around and go back for another 30 days, right? Yes. And I think it's so important for us to remember that because the world says, oh no, baby, you need two weeks in Tahiti. And we keep thinking we need a break and we define it as this impossibility. How many of us are gonna go to Tahiti for two weeks? Probably none. God promises us exactly what we need. And I'm going to, I'm going to posit that it is what we think we need, what the enemy tries to convince us. We need this trip over the ocean to a beach somewhere for an extended period of time. God is able to meet our needs in small moments in huge ways. And that's what you're doing here. And that's what I hope we can do for these moms today. You know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes can can be life-giving. It can be a total game changer. And that's what I remember God doing for me. And so you're listening out there today, you're exhausted, you're lonely or overwhelmed, welcome, right? What if you dared to just open your heart and your mind to what God might do in and through Jamie and I today to encourage you and inspire you and uplift you from that place that we both remember. You remember that place, don't you, Jamie? Oh, yeah. So hey, I'm still there sometimes. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I've got one teenage son at home. Um, so my passion over the 26 years has been to give my kids Jesus. Um, I figured of all the things that I could give them and there's no shortage of people trying to convince me exactly what it is I need to give my kids if, if I'm going to dare to do this, right? And that itself is overwhelming. You know, all the different foreign language options, all the different math options. Yes, all the different science options, says the science curriculum owner. Um, it's, it, it's just huge. So starting, I was like, yeah, but it's got to be Jesus. We've got to give our kids 
God. And I really do believe that that is at the core of the opportunity we have as homeschool parents. Um, once you step out and make this decision, or even those of you who may be considering this decision, there's a whole plethora of things that come in and clamor for your attention, right? And demand priority. And I'm just going to say, you may be stepping into this or considering this because of the success of homeschooling families. And it's been substantial. But just as way as a, of a history lesson, one thing I think it's really important that we don't forget is the success of the homeschooling movement historically has been based on the fact that the parents who dared to do this in the late 70s and 80s did it to disciple their children. So they didn't step out and do this initially because they wanted their kids to ace the ACT and the SAT and get into Ivy League institutions. That was not their objective, not even close, right? Their objection, their objective was to disciple the next generation to raise warriors and not wimps that would change the world. That was their objection, objective. And since that was their goal, I'll choose a different word so I don't stumble over it anymore. <laughs> Since that's what their goal was, was the honor and the glory of God. God blessed the academics. It matters what we do first, right? It matters that we lay the foundation first firmly on God and his word. He's not an afterthought. He's not after we do Latin and algebra and geography and world history and literature and compass. No, he's not after, he's before, he's before. And so that's kind of the undergirding of this new curriculum that I wrote. And it's really the passion of my heart that we, that we dare to do things God's way. And his word clearly says to seek him first in the Old Testament, the priority was always the glory of God. And so that's why I think it's so important for us to build our homeschooling on God and his word. Absolutely. It's the foundation, the good solid foundation that even enables us to do well in the studies of all of the other things that you mentioned. So it really does. And it, and it frames it all, right? Because I don't know about you, I'm, I'm betting statistically, Jamie, the odds are that your kids just weren't in love with everything you tried to teach them, right? I mean, sooner or later, your kids weren't just like, oh, mom, can we do another spelling lesson? Oh, mother, could we read another classic literature novel? Oh, mom, could we please do some more algebra? I mean, I'm betting and betting that you got some pushback. I know I did. I had kids that would rather do a lot of things than certain academic lessons, right? Absolutely. But here's a really amazing thing. When you lay the foundation of God and his word, that that is, that is the foundation. So, you know, Jesus tells the parable. It's one of the shortest parables he tells about a man who was going to build a house, right? And there was a man who built it on the rock and the winds blew and the storm came and the rain fell and it stood. There's this other man who was going to build a house, but he built it on the sand and the rain came and the wind blew and the storm and it fell, right? And 
Jesus's message here is clear. It, we're building a house, right? Whether or not you home educate, you're building a house. It's a family, right? And you're building this. What are you building it on? So when we dare to build it on this foundation of God, right? So God and his word is our foundation. At the core of that is the glory of God. So everything we do, we're to to give glory to him in word and deed, whatever we do, whatever we say. And then, you know, in in the New Testament, Jesus raises the bar literally, right? The standard, right? When he talks about the heart over and over and over and over and over. And it's a heart, our attitude. So it's not just word and deed. Anybody can say something. Anybody can do something. But where's your heart, right? Which, by the way, was a theme in the Old Testament. And Jesus just highlights it in his ministry in the New Testament. So what we found is when we, when we dare to build on that foundation, do that first. And then we get to those subjects that our kids would really rather not do, Right. Or maybe they, um, they just don't do their best. They don't apply themselves. They're not diligent. Or maybe they skip a lesson or they skip a problem and hope you don't notice. Right, Jamie? Mm-hmm. I've had those kids. So I'm assuming that I'm not the only one. Um, you can frame everything in the context of what brings God glory. Right. And so even doing your best in, in especially the things that are challenging or you don't like. It brings honor and glory to God when you take advantage of the opportunities that he gives you to grow your mind and to understand. So see this rub that you have on algebra or on spelling or writing a paper, right? Or doing your science lesson. When you frame it because you built that foundation, that doing your algebra, learning your spelling rules, doing your science experiment, doing your composition Those are things, practical things that you as a student can do to bring honor and glory to God. Do you see this already is a game changer and it's all about doing things God's way, his way. Did you find that to be true? And I mean, did your kids give you pushback on stuff, Jamie? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, (laughs) One right now, and, and, you know, this is no reflection, but we're doing chemistry and it it does have to be a apology. <laughs> I get it. I know I get it. <laughs> Mom's teaching it and I'm teaching both of the teenagers and they just, you know, they kind oh, yeah. of love each other. What, what are we going to need this for mom? Really? <clears throat> well, yeah, you're absolutely right. The only way that you can really counteract that attitude is to reach into the heart and to touch that foundation that, that you just presented that really Everything hinges on what we do, what we say, what we study is for the glory of God. Yeah. yeah. Preparing ourselves for what he might have for us in the future. Exactly. And, you know, I think there's so many examples in the Bible of people who were engaged in things when they're young, right? And then when they're older, you're like, what did that have to do with that, right? But one of the powerful lessons over and over in scripture is our God doesn't waste anything. I mean, he doesn't waste anything. That's what it means that he's the great redeemer, right? Is that nothing is wasted in his economy. So even our children who, you know, push back against chemistry because, right, chemistry was not a favorite subject at our house either. 
but our kids pushing against it, having the conversation that, you know what, you never know how God will use or weave this into your story going forward. It may be subtly in that it never really comes up and maybe you don't ever really use it, but it honored him that you did your best anyway, just the discipline. He was just training your discipline. It may come that one of your kids is really excited and interested in chemistry. It may be that you marry a chemist. I mean, there's a variety of ways, but what I've learned over and over is to show our kids, look, we, we go to church and we sing of him being the great redeemer. We go, we do all this, but every day in practical ways, we can show these truths to our children. Uh, one example, maybe two. So in the old Testament, Moses is in the palace for 40 years, right? Then he flees and he is, then he's a shepherd for 40 years. And you want to think, what was that about? Right. And then he has the burning bush and God is asking him to go back to the palace. And you're thinking, well, what was the second 40 about? Right. But it's clear what both of those 40s was about. Right. Moses was the perfect guy at, by the way, 80 years old. He was the perfect guy to go back to the palace because he would have known how to go to the palace. He would have known all of the things that he had to know to approach Pharaoh and to speak to Pharaoh. He might have even, people might have even recognized him, right? But he would have, he was the perfect person to go because he knew the palace and he knew how it worked and how it functioned. So there's that. But then the second half is what was the 40 middle years about? What was it, the whole shepherd thing? He had to shepherd those people in the wilderness. He had to help them find water. He had to lead sheep. And, you know, the whole idea of us being like sheep, Moses experienced that firsthand. The this, this stubbornness, the rebelliousness of sheep that desperately need a shepherd who dares to lead them in places that they don't even know they need to be or go. And what they just need to do is follow him and trust him, right? It, it made all the difference. And but Moses couldn't have known that. Right. He just had to follow God. And it's the same for us. And it's the same for our children. And I'll say so we've got six graduated from high school. We've got how many four graduated from college. Now it's so fascinating now for them to be able to look back and go, yeah, I never would have thought that this would be valuable to me, but look, this is valuable to me, right? And to have those conversations because now they're starting to see it. And frankly, I wondered sometimes, you know, what is God going to do with that? But he did over and over and over. He did do something marvelous and miraculous with it. So it, our ability as moms to lean into who God is, to know who he is so that we can show our kids, look deep, do you see what God's doing? Or let me tell you what I see God doing. Or wow, what an opportunity he's, God is giving you. To frame it all in this frame of the glory of God, that's the opportunity that we have. And that's what this next generation needs. Um, especially now in this cultural moment where we're, we've overvalued individuality. We're all about me and what I want and what I want to do. We've got to make sure that we're constantly pushing our kids back to, does this honor God? Is this what God would have you do? That's got to be the frame. It can't be what I want to do. I mean, that 
it, that can't be the priority, what I want. It's got to be, what does he want, right? And, and, and in fact, am I willing to exchange my want to want what he wants, which is very different, right? Absolutely. That's one of my favorite aspects of this walk with the Lord is that he actually changes our wanter. And, you know, things that we can't even imagine that we would actually now want, we do because, as you've mentioned so many times today, his glory. <clears throat> so that's lovely. Yeah. And I found that God is always in the business of two things, and that is bringing himself glory. So a sunrise, uh, a butterfly, um, everything in creation brings some glory. The waves mm -hmm. crashing on the beach, right? All of these things, the starry host in the sky, all of these things are meant to draw us to him, to wow and woo us and just go, oh my goodness, that God, that's my God, right? So he's always in the business of glorifying himself and inviting us into what we're made to do, which is worship him always, always. He's always doing that. But the second thing he's almost, he's always simultaneously doing, he's always working for our growth and our good. Always, always. And so whether it is showing off to us, I was driving out yesterday morning for an early appointment. So the sun was not up yet. That's how early it was. And I was at the top of the driveway and I look out into the sky because the sun wasn't up yet. And there's this bright star on the horizon and it was Venus, right? I'm just like, Whoa, that's my God. That's my God who put that in orbit. That's my God. That's my God who is sovereignly, squarely on the throne, in charge, large and in charge, right? That's my God. And what a great remembrance at the beginning of a day. Yeah. I mean, wow. And yet, what it's important for me to remember that whatever circumstance he allows, wherever I am, wherever your kids are, God is in the process of growing us. He, his whole objective for us is what? To transfer, to transform us into the image of his son. So, I mean, we know that's what he's constantly trying to do. And boy, I, I bet you you would agree with me, Jamie. I really wish that was a painless process. <laughs> I, wish, <laughs> I wish that I had as much substantial growth when things are going gloriously well, as I know I experience when things just seem like they're a train wreck or a mess, but we can know again, he's always working for his glory and for our good, always working to transform us into the image of his son. And mm -hmm. as moms, that gives me a lot of peace oh. because I see my kids in situations and circumstances that I would not have chosen for them, mm -hmm. but I can rest in knowing that God's at work, right? He's drawing them. He's growing them. And in my own life, you know, I, I don't know who taught, I don't think anybody ever said this to me. I think it was just an adopted idea. And I really liked this idea. <laughs> I somehow had it in my blonde brain that on our journey, we got to a point where we could hit a cosmic coast button and just sort of coast on in, you know, we sort of all paid our dues because we were old enough, right? I'm 55. <laughs> and I'm like, surely I've gotten to the place now where, you know, just sort of, and no, God loves me enough to keep his hands on me. Yeah. I, I, I continue to be a massive work in progress, apparently. 
And so there's a lot of peace in that. Um, and a lot of humbling that comes with that. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that work in progress, it never stops. Not until we go to be with it. <laughs> and I know. Even, I know. That in it, even that in itself is an example to our children. You know, as we were yes. at the beginning um, of our conversation, you know, sometimes we struggled, sometimes going into uh, homeschool co-op meetings or, or meetings with other moms who just feel wrung out. But how re- we respond in those situations, the fact that we go to a place where we know we can get help, um, where the yes. uplift, uplift our spirits, our children see that. They see how we respond. And it shows mm-hmm. them, okay, in the future, when you get in a tough place, where should you go? <laughs> <clears throat> turn to the Lord. Exactly. Well, and I do think that's why it's so important for us as moms to fight for our time in God's word and so important for our kids to see it mm-hmm. insofar as that's possible. Um, our, our kids need to see us in God's word. They need to see us going here. They need to see us linger here. They need to see us and hear us point them here. Um, you know, when you start to launch your kids like like I have, you know, I'll get this sense from the Holy Spirit and send them a passage, right? Um, encouraging them with the word of God because words fail us, you know, um, or we say more than we should when, we, or we speak when we shouldn't, right? But the God, God's word is always true. And, you know, praying God's word, seeking God, you know, when, when you're in a tight spot or a frustrating circumstance and your kids go, how you doing, mom? We, we kind of are in that situation right now. And the kids will go, mom, how you doing? I'm like, I'm trusting that God is here somewhere. There's evidence of him in the middle of this, even though I don't like this. I, I'm trusting that he has something here. And our kids need to know that. I need to say it and they need to hear it. And I'm here to tell you, they are watching us. And I believe sometimes God allows us to go through really hard times so that we can model for our children. What does it look like to weather a storm? Absolutely. You know, and our kids need to see that we, um, it's an old story now, but we walked through 22 months of unemployment before we were able to finalize our purchase of Apologia all those years ago. And I went, we had all seven kids home. We had a junior and he became a senior. I mean, 22 months is a long time, two months of, of two years. And it was really hard. And there was a point in it, you know, just crying out to God, you know, in the words of David, how long, how long? And one of the things that God showed me was there were seven sets of eyes watching mom and dad go through a hard time. What did we do? Where did we turn? How did we respond? How did we handle it? Were we going to act like nothing was going on? Were we going to act like, were we going to endeavor to fix it ourselves? What were we going to do? And we didn't do it perfectly. I don't, we're, I mean, we're just as imperfect as anybody else. I mean, we didn't do it perfectly, but my goodness, God was so good and so faithful. And it occurred to me that my daughters could someday be married to an unemployed man and my sons could someday be unemployed. And what might this walk that we're in the middle of, how might this be instructive to them by the mighty faithful hand of God as they go forward? So yeah, he just weaves it all together so beautifully and so masterfully. And so taking advantage of doing what we say, right? So easy to say all those platitudes and all those things on Sunday morning, but what are we doing on Monday? 
you know, what do we do when we get broadsided? And what are we doing when the bottom falls out and things don't go the way we thought they should? That's, that's the testimony. And living that out and out loud in front of your kids, I'm, I'm here to tell you this homeschooling thing's a lot more than reading, writing, arithmetic. That's oh, what yeah. I've learned. Yes, it sure is. But worth it. It's so worth it. It is worth it. I don't know about you, but I've had one or two of mine after they've graduated, they've gone on to college, graduated from college, they've turned and looked at me and said, thank you, mom, for homeschooling me. And I'll tell you mm-hmm. what, that just, that makes every hard minute, every struggle over chemistry, every struggle of yep. math, all worth it. Yeah, it's true, you know, because there's, there comes a point I think it's more now with our, our oldest two that are married and they have kids. Right. And they're just like, I have no idea how you did this. And I'm just like, you know what? It was a God thing. I can't take any credit for this. I mean, I remember being just flat out exhausted. And I just remember it was a God thing. God helped me put one foot in front of the other, you know, and I didn't have an hour quiet time. Right. I mean, I'm just crying out to him, trying to fold trying to keep kids in clean clothes, you know, putting together another peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And so the opportunity to, to, again, point them to God as their strength. I I am not superwoman. I'm not, but I serve a super God. And so the opportunity to point my kids to him, that's, that's what we get to do. And, and I think sometimes it's really tempting as homeschool moms, just like any mom, but maybe especially homeschool moms, it's really tempting to want all the credit. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I was amazing. I mean, I was so amazing picking out curriculum and I was so incredible and planning the day and you wouldn't believe how well-dressed the children were. Yeah, no, that's just not my fight song. I, I was a, a, a hot mess. You know, I, I could have sworn to you that the la- the laundry was multiplying when I closed the door. It was just, you know, it was just doing the next right thing and seeking God and, and endeavoring to honor him all day long. That that's what this is about. Okay. So you mentioned a new curriculum that you're writing or have you finished? I actually finished in it. You know, it was a 25 year project, which either speaks to my um, incompetence or <laughs> just that it was that big. I, I I realized in the middle of writing Bible curriculum, just why no one has done it or a few have done it because it's just really hard, you know, to write Bible curriculum. There's so many things you want to cover so many things you want to make sure you don't, you don't, you don't want to edit the Bible who edits the Bible. You know I mean? That's just, ah. and so, you know, it was, it was a process. So we, we did it in partnership with walk through the Bible ministries out of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So we used their outline and then I got a vision for this 25 years ago when I went to my first walk to the Bible event. And I was like, that needs to be homeschool curriculum. Yeah. And, you know, through a series and the short story is told at the beginning of the textbooks through a series of, I mean, it's just God, it was God's sovereign plan, you know, retrospectively, I wanted it done, what, 23 years ago. And God was like, yeah, no, it wasn't time. And this is the moment for this curriculum. I believe that right now uh, with so many people joining in homeschooling, what a, what better foundation for them to be able to build their entire homeschool day on than this curriculum. So it's two volumes, um, Old Testament and New Testament. 
You don't have to do them in that order, but I would recommend that you do those in that order. Um, I get that the Old Testament can be super intimidating. I mean, with all those prophets and kings and which book are in order and the split kingdom and, ah, you know, and so I think people are like, yeah, I'll just stick with the New Testament. But I think you'll be shocked and thrilled that we have written the Old Testament curriculum in such a way that you can you can know this. You can. And so um, I've, I've been amazed in the years that we've had Apologia working at tables um, when people come up, we're going to buy their science curriculum. And I talk to them about the Bible. Right. And so many of the moms would say, oh, we've got to teach chemistry. I'm just praying that God will give me the wisdom and the understanding to teach chemistry. And I'm like, you know what? Those are the kind of answers that he prayers that he answers. And then I would ask them, what are they doing for the Bible? And they were like, ah, you know, we go to a Bible believing church, our kids are in the youth group. And I'm just like, ah, why are we so willing to mentally engage with history or science or mathematics and acknowledge our own weakness and our lack of understanding? But when it comes to the Bible, we just throw our hands up and go, ah, we'll, we'll outsource that. Um, the point of this curriculum was let's do this together. You know, I'm going to come alongside you because I teach the half, of, the first half of the lesson on a video, five to seven minutes long. And then the second half of the lesson is in our basic go-to Apologia K through eight style, Charlotte Mason, you read the second half of the lesson with your kids. And then there are notebooking journals. So there are activities, right? We're aiming at K to eight officially. <laughs> I would say I'm aiming for mom and dad officially. <laughs> we know from a lot of Pew research and Barna research that the biblical literacy rate is at an all time low. And so I'm actually aiming for the whole family. I'm in the process now of writing out the curriculum for high school credit. So all of that material, when we get that finished, will all be available online. And so it will actually be whole family Bible curriculum. It, it all the different learning styles. It's kinesthetic because you have to get up and move around um, because the timeline of the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament has motions to it. So you are doing 40 motions for the timeline in the Old Testament and 40 motions for the timeline in the New Testament pretty awesome. So your little guys who can't sit still, glory to God, we don't want them to. We want them to get up and get moving, right? So I also read the book on audio so they can go to sleep listening to the textbook if they want to or on a long road trip mm -hmm. and then kinesthetic and then visual. My son Anderson, who did the unthinkable um, and the terrifying, he's a professional artist. And so if you want a really scary thing to do as a homeschool mom, that is teach them diligently. And then P.S. Mom, I want to go to art school, which is a really scary place. But I will say that we serve the original artist, God, and we have abdicated and we have run from the artistic world and we need to reclaim it for Christ. OK, that was my soapbox, but he's the illustrator for the entire curriculum. Wow. And so I have here, he created this character, oh. Wyatt, in he cute? Mm -hmm. He created Wyatt as, and he, Wyatt is animated on the videos and he, Wyatt means guide. And so for the students, they can connect with Wyatt on the video because he shows them how to do the motions. And like I said, this is a team project. This is me walking with you, mom and dad, 
and the students engaging. This is us actually engaging with God's word. We serve an active God and we need to be active in his word and a testimony and a witness of that truth. So yeah, very, very excited about it. And is this available now on your website? It is available now. It actually, long story, which I won't go into. It was actually available last year, but we're doing the full court press this year. And you can learn more about it at apologia.com backwards slash Bible. There's even a video there that you can watch just a a sample video that you can get a, a feel for what it looks like. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's amazing. I appreciate so much you sharing with us today. It's been such a blessing to talk with you about all of these good foundational truths for our homeschool, our homeschool families, homeschool children and ourselves. Uh, and I, I just enjoyed getting to meet you. You're you're quite you're quite the bubbly personality. You just fell in love with you immediately. So that's been a blessing as well. Oh, thank you so much, Jamie. We fought through some technical issues today, but to God be the glory. I hope that we get to meet face to face sometimes. Thanks again for meeting me for having me yeah, on. Absolutely. Um, I want to encourage our listeners to please visit Apologia.com and uh, check out the Bible curriculum that Rachel was telling us about today. And I'd also like to invite you to visit homeschool.com. Our team and I work very hard to provide you free tools and resources to help you in your homeschooling journey. And so here's to homeschooling with you until next time. Mm -hmm.